Welcome to this week's edition of the Sullivan and Sons Sports Podcast. I'm Seamus Sullivan. And I'm Mark Sullivan. So Vince Wilsfork, Will Fork recently retired, and I thought it was a very interesting and funny way that he retired, announced his retirement, played a lot of seasons for New England, I think one or two for uh, the Texans, and announced his retirement with a with a sponsored ad for Kingsford Charcoal. Did you see that? I did see that. And he's going to hold a farewell tailgate before the Patriots opening regular season game. He looked really good in those overalls. <laughs> I, I would have to say he rocked them. <laughs> I, I've never seen fascinating. a... fascinating. He, he went without the shirt, too. Yeah, 300-pound 300 pound, 300 pound defensive tackle wearing just overalls, maybe underwear. I don't know. We couldn't tell. But it was... I thought yeah, it was we don't want to know. Yeah, I thought it was really well done. But it's good to see he'll be retiring. You think they'll sign him to a, a one-day contract so he retires as a Patriot? I don't know because I think that he still has the potential to play. So he could be one of those things where someone might be able to woo him out of retirement. Oh, you think so? I, you know, hey, we've we've seen other players come out of retirement even <laughs> after they've taken on other contracts. I, I think I know who season. you're talking about. <laughs> You're talking, you're talking about Jay Cutler, right? Correct. It took me a while to guess that one last week. I had no idea that he had come out of retirement. I thought he was relegated to the broadcast booth, and I thought he wouldn't have lasted there long. So, yeah, he's come out of retirement. I, I don't know that there would have been any other situation in the NFL. To bring him out of retirement? Right. I, I, well, I don't know that any other team would have seriously looked at him, and I could be wrong there. but One year, $10 million, that's... A lot of reasons to unretire, sure but I, I think no other he said his, team. He said his wife convinced, <laughs> helped him decide to, to start. I, I think she was like, "Honey, I think I don't know what his contract for for network was, but it certainly had to be significantly less because he does have also three million dollars in incentives in his contract, so he could make up to thirteen million dollars." Mm-hmm. Yeah, his wife convinced him to come back. She was thinking, "Well, and that's why I'm concerned." Is if you. If you've seen Jay Cutler, which I know we both have seen a lot of Jay Cutler, his his attitude never looks great. It, it, he always looks like he's disinterested in, in what's going on, that he's kind of just out there throwing the football around. And from the way that his interview went when he was introduced, it that seemed what it was. It was basically, yeah, my wife said she didn't want me around the house, so <laughs> I'm back to playing football. <laughs> Yeah, that's not the right motivation there. <laughs> I, I, I just hope Adam Gase can work his magic again, whatever he did with his... I know there's been uh, criticism of the Dolphins for spending this money on him and, and saying that that one comparison statistically was showing that Matt Moore actually is, who was the backup to Ryan Tannehill, who got injured, yeah, that he was statistically slightly better than Jay Cutler. Honestly, I think that if you've if you're a football team, you have to have a strong backup, whether that's Matt Moore or Jay Cutler. You got to have someone in the backup role who can hold down the fort. We saw that with the the Patriots last year. You know, uh, Brady out for four games, and then even Garoppolo out for one game. They managed to still you know be three and one after that. That was like a game and a half almost that right. Garoppolo was out for. Right, and so. Uh, I, I don't think it was a, a poor decision at all by the Dolphins. I don't think I think a lot of people are criticizing it, but Gase obviously has had a good working relationship with Cutler, and 
We'll see. Well, and in terms of contracts, it's the same contract in terms of what it is. So it's one year, $10 million. That's what Mike Glennon's making this year, the guy who replaced him in Actually, Chicago. Actually, he's making much more. I think. Is he? He's making like – his, his, he has a guarantee uh, in his contract for $17 million for one year. So this year he'll make $17 million. Okay, wow. That's So there you go. He's making a lot less than the guy who took over for him, and I think he's more qualified. Not that he's that much more qualified, but I would definitely take uh, Jay Cutler over Mike Glennon. But Probably even more so after tonight's game. But Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how things Pre-se- unfold Football over the has legs. finally started. It's great. It's back. <laughs> it's just preseason, but it, it's fun to finally see some, some action uh, other than baseball. It's been a long a long summer so far without any football. But I don't know, you probably saw this, that uh, Colin Kaepernick was a name that was thrown around. I don't know if the Dolphins ever seriously considered him, but he, uh, tons of media pundits were bringing him up, and when he didn't get the job, they were really outraged. And I just thought it was interesting because they all, they keep saying that he's being blackballed. And I don't know if, I don't do the do the NFL owners have a secret council where they get together and say who gets to play football and who doesn't. Right? Do they have I, that? I think when you even think about the definition of blackball, is my concept of it is that there is some sort of collusion, some sort of agreement on behalf of the owners that they're they're not they're all together agreeing that they're not going to offer Kaepernick a contract, and if that is you know, how you define blackballing or collusion, I would say that he is, that that's not the case. I don't believe that the owners are colluding or that they're blackballing him. I think that individually they're all making a decision that de- despite his skill set, which he does have a the skill set to play in the NFL and certainly to play better than a number of quarterbacks, maybe Mike Lennon included, but they, the, Owners are not wanting to take on the risk of the, the. So you think he's better even with the performance he put out on the field last year? Yeah, he had some. Uh, you know, we we think he performed poorly, and he certainly did in a number of games. But he also had some games where he performed really well. You know, if you take the Miami situation, I think one of the things that uh, I read was, and you have to take into account, is he Kaepernick praised um, Fidel Castro. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And there's a strong um, Cuban. <laughs> Cuban expat community in Miami and South Florida who, you know, have have suffered, you know, most of them suffered, and that's why they left Cuba and, and or took took their own lives at risk to, to cross from Cuba into the United States. So, you know, it, it, I, he has to understand that it it's not always going to be about football. Well, and you see, that's an interesting point you bring up because do you remember when Ozzie Guillen was the manager of the Marlins and he said uh, he said something like, I love Castro, and he said it was like a translation error or something, but I'm pretty sure he said it in English, and that's what he was trying to claim is that it was a mix-up in his head for what words he was using, but he got ran out of town pretty quick for that comment, and, that, well, and he, he wasn't he very up, good he, either. He ended up backtracking on the comment, and if I... Re- Re- remember my reading of the reports correctly he ended up with a five-game suspension over it too oh really yes by the league or by i think by the marlins okay that makes sense so yeah i think anyone who's in any position recognizes that you know it's it's not always going to be your performance that 
makes or breaks your how you how you actually are evaluated for your role, and that's definitely the case. Situation is similar to Tim Tebow's a few years back. I think Tebow is uh, probably the exact opposite of Kaepernick in terms of the chances he's being offered. I think he's getting additional chances uh, because of the fact that he is an upstanding person. His character is is uh, and his high integrity lead him that he got more chances to be in the NFL, even though his skill set is not that of Kaepernick. And I think he's getting chances in the, in uh, Major League Baseball because of that as well. I also think he's getting chances because he's a popular uh, person, very popular with Puts fans. butts in the seats. Yeah, he's very popular, well-liked, and so it, it makes it easier for, for owners, whether they're baseball or football owners, to take chances with him, where Kaepernick, uh, there's, you know, he's he is divisive both with the players uh, and the fans. So it makes it really hard for um, when you have someone who, you know, does that to be willing to take a chance on them. Yeah. Um, going back to the Jay Cutler situation in Miami, because I, I wanted to talk a little bit about Cutler, but, or I mean uh, Kaepernick. But what I thought was really interesting is you hear all the time about how many quarterbacks Cleveland has had, right? Right, which it's innumerable. Right, it's a lot. I, Kosar or something. <laughs> yeah, but if Cutler starts the season, any games, which I would find it hard that he doesn't, um, he would be the 18th quarterback to start since Dan Marino retired in 99, which is a, it's the second most to the Browns. Oh, my goodness. So that would mean that because Matt Moore got starts last – did he start last yep, year? Yep, because Tannehill went down with the same injury, right. didn't get the surgery. Now, so – if if Matt Moore starts then and starts the whole season, it would only stay at the number seventeen, which is still <laughs> yeah. a huge number. <laughs> still um, would put him in second too, s- safely in second of most quarterbacks starting games. Uh, and and you know I think it really goes to the reflection that NFL teams need a quarterback who is will, can perform and can perform over time without injuries. Otherwise, they they're just not going to do well. Yeah, it's it's weird to see that teams like uh, the New England Patriots and the Colts until recently had guys one guy basically that entire time, and these teams have gone through like a quarterback a season pretty much. Yeah, which is really interesting. Speaking of Tom Brady, there's been a lot of criticism recently because of uh, his wife Giselle saying that. Uh, her husband played with a concussion. She seems to do stuff like that often, which I, I find actually very entertaining. But I'm just picking on Stephen A. Smith here for a second because he said something that really stuck with me. He said, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but then I'll go into a direct quote. He was saying uh, t- t- basically Tom Brady denying that he had a concussion or re- not speaking on it. He says, this is a quote, is ill-advised, immature, and irresponsible, and then end quote, because it's not uh, respectful to the players that have had concussions in the past and the concussion battle that's still going on. And I just find it interesting because realistically, you know, you have doctor-patient confidentiality, but in sports so many times you see these guys with their, their medical reports being released to the entire world to scrutinize. And I don't think that, especially in a, a game like football, if it's not in a 
if it's not in the medical report for the football, it, it is nobody's business. I think it's completely Tom Brady's business. And I think well, the league has removed themselves from being liable if Tom Brady had a concussion and didn't come out. But I think it's still his business and nobody else's. The problem with him saying that it was his business is that injury reports in the NFL are part of the NFL business, and they have very strong rules about reporting injuries that players have. So the NFL has put Tom Brady in that position where he needs to be speaking, or I think he needs to be accurate about how he's... that He should have been reporting it last year accurately. So it, it becomes part of the overall business of the NFL because there's rules about the reporting and the reporting of injuries within the NFL. Well, that's where I'm saying that if he doesn't tell Bill Belichick, if he doesn't tell the medical staff, if he only tells his wife at home, his wife's not responsible for reporting it to the team or reporting it to the NFL. But then he has a responsibility to to answer the question honestly because it is part of the NFL. And, and so him saying it's ill I think that's immature. part of the problem you see is that you might not have known he has a concussion, but let's say he comes home, he says, oh, my head's, I'm having these headaches, you know, whatever, complaining to his wife, typical stuff, takes a couple aspirin. Now all of a sudden she's saying he's got a concussion. So I'm, you're saying that it should have remained outside the... I'm saying he might have had the symptoms but it doesn't necessarily mean he has a concussion or even if he came home and told his wife, I have a concussion. I think that's somebody else's job to be catching that. Right. But at the point that it became public information because of the fact that of his wife, <laughs> I think at that point it, it's, it's a, uh, it's a question he should answer honestly. Uh, and to, to just defer the question again, I think a, in light of the rules in the NFL, but also because of the fact that, um, CTE and all the all of the head trauma injuries that are um, becoming a a serious liability and serious concern for the NFL, rightfully so. I, I, I think his his I think he's become overly defensive because of how <laughs> all the questions that have come up in his past on other things, which I think it's unfortunate for him. Well, I just I prefer the way the NHL does it, which is. Hey, if, if you want to tell us uh, what their injury status is or what their injury is, go ahead. Uh, you can't. Oh, it's in his upper body. Okay, that's a good injury to note. He has an upper body injury. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I I think injury reporting with the NFL is it's if from my past reading is primarily there for the sake of gamblers. <laughs> oh, really? So that, yeah, so that they can understand the 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 odds on that particular game because if a key player is going to be injured, they're against gambling. The NFL. Right. They, they, uh, <laughs> so it, I, I think they should, honestly, I, I would discontinue the altogether the reporting, go to something similar with the NHL where you, you don't have to report it. Just leave it alone. I don't know. I, I know I've told this to you before. I think I've mentioned this to you before, but when the Canucks, I can't remember who was injured, they released on their injury report, he has a body injury. Yeah, I know you told me that. <laughs> right. So, so they, We're glad he, that his body is the thing that's injured and not his pride. Yeah. He's not coming onto the ice because he got his feelings hurt. Well, and I think <laughs> generally almost every NHL team just goes with upper or lower body oh, injury. Yeah. There's, I've not seen, and you know, I don't follow it as closely as some people, recently, but that's, their, that's the only thing they report. Recently, they've started to do uh, head injury as well, which almost always means concussion. They'll report it as a I, I mean, sometimes it doesn't do it. mean that their teeth have been missing. His ear is on the ice or something weird <laughs> like that. But I, these, these, 
these professional quarterbacks, they, they need to tell their wives, you know, take it down a notch, getting Jay Cutler and Tom Brady into some hot water yeah, with people. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> some counseling there to help them along. What I saw that really res- surprised me, because I know he had been doing really well, Jordan Spieth obviously winning the Open Championship uh, last week or two weeks. Two weeks ago? Yes. Two weeks ago. Um, if he wins this year's PGA, he'll complete the c- career slam already. Right. He'll have won all four, which I thought was really cool. I didn't realize that. I remember him winning the Masters and obviously now the Open. I guess I completely forgot that he had won the U.S. Open in there as well. Doing really well already, right. which is and surprising. I think he, uh, did he not finish second to Bubba Watson in one of the Masters as well? So yeah, he had, he's had some close finishes yeah, as well. Yeah, where he, uh, he kind of choked it away, and that's what people were worried about, um, that he was going to do at the Open, was that he was going to choke it away again, and he almost did. No, oh, yeah, but he... Let it wire to wire until like five holes our, left. <laughs> listen to one of our previous podcasts when we talked about how he's, he played played that one out that was outstanding but so i'm rooting for him at the upcoming pga championship yeah he seems like a low-key guy uh you know and and again he's not i think he's known for his accuracy not he's not a long ball Mm -mm. type of guy he's just really known for being very accurate so very very smart player too i know we talked last week about his intellect and using those rules to his advantage but very smart player uh Likeable guy. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, you know. He is the opposite of Johnny Manziel, even though they both hail from that great state of Texas. Did he, uh, Jordan Spieth played, he played one year of college golf too, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I don't know, I don't know where he how, was. Many, right. how many years he played. I think it was at UT or something. But I bring up Johnny Manziel because did you see recently that he said if his football career is over, he'd like to go into coaching? <laughs> And I thought it was an interesting choice of words because he said, "If my football career is done, right." And again, he has. <laughs> I'm less, pretty sure at I think this he point, has less of a chance of playing than Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he is probably equally as distracting, and I would say Colin Kaepernick is better than him. Oh, I agreed. And the, we haven't seen a whole lot of Johnny Manziel actually play because he hasn't been eligible for it. I think Johnny Manziel will join the Hall of. Uh, quarterbacks like Ryan Leaf and uh, Jamarcus Russell and other uh, first-round quarterbacks. Who are Heisman, busts. Heisman busts. Yes, but I, I would, I would not uh, be against Colin Kaepernick playing for a team. I really wouldn't want him to go to the Bears because they've already spent enough money and draft picks on quarterbacks and. They have Mark Sanchez already, so we we don't need another laughing stock on the team. Right. I actually think uh, Kaepernick would have been a better choice than, and certainly a less expensive choice than, and probably could have got him for a, a lower contract than than Glennon. I, but again, I think they were making these decisions with not all, not completely with non-football related influences impacting their decision making. Well, we had a a very slow week. We had football come back, it, although it is in preseason form. It was very entertaining to watch. Um, can't wait for the start of that season to start. Uh, I think we're about we're which is it's, it's. I'm also. I don't know how much. I don't know what the activities 
look like in reality when they're not doing um, camp and when they're not doing preseason. But really, you, you think about today being the 9th of August, that the first game's playing on the 10th of September, one month. So they really have a very short window to make evaluations on players who who might be undrafted or or who are draft drafted and and so trying to make the team right it's uh you know it's very unlike baseball in particular where you've got all these you player can go play in the minor leagues for years and years and develop their skill set football you've got to make it and and make a showing pretty quickly or you're not going to be making a career of it did you watch any hall of fame speeches i did not i uh i thought it was really funny because kurt warner brought up dan marino being a big inspiration of his how but was Dan Marino an inspiration for him? He saw him on a cereal box that he was stocking on the shelves oh, of a I grocery did read that. store. Because <laughs> <laughs> right when I read the the headline that said uh, uh, Kurt Warner was inspired by Dan Marino on a on a I think it was a Wheaties box. Yeah, Wheaties box. I was like, he probably saw him while putting it on the shelf. <laughs> and sure enough, yeah, he was putting him, putting the box on there. Were you surprised by any Hall of Fame candidates that made it in? I think the one that uh, generated the most uh, discussion would have been Terrell Davis just because of the fact that his career was so short, Mm -hmm. which creates a lot of questions, I think, for other players whose careers were shortened by injury or shorter. Did he have one or two 2,000-yard rushing seasons? I know he had one, but I can't remember if he had two. I couldn't tell you that either. The the guy that I saw the most... uh, I wouldn't say like outrage, but like shock that he made it was uh, Jason Taylor. And I don't remember much of Jason Taylor's playing days. Can you remember? Can you speak oh, the to his uh, defensive end. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, him playing in the, in the America, American League, American Football Conference, CFC, I did not see him as much. And so I have to say, he, I, I know he was a certainly a very good player. I don't know whether. I don't know if I'm, I'm probably the wrong person to ask, but did not seem to be what I would say would be a Hall of Fame career. Were you uh, shocked by anybody who didn't get in? Well, the uh, the one would be the uh, wide receiver Terrell <laughs> Owens, <laughs> who I, I think deserves to be in, honestly. Oh, I mean, I don't think it's a question of deserves. I mean, I, I think his stats, it's something like he's second in yards, second in like uh, touchdowns or receptions and then fifth in touchdowns or receptions. I can't remember. He's basically second to Jerry Rice as a receiver statistically. He's top five easily in everything. So it's just, I think it's a disgrace really for them to not put him in. Um, You can argue about, I'm able to say that I don't want Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens or any of those guys put into the Hall of Fame for baseball Agreed. for the the steroids, and you can argue, well, he's got the best stats. I don't think that's – because some people make that argument about, oh, don't let Terrell Owens in because he was a jerk. Well, he didn't cheat, right? Right, right, right. You can, be, you can be a jerk and be very good. Floyd Mayweather is kind of a jerk, but he's 49-0, and 0, about to be 50-0. So Correct. If, if, if you've got the numbers to back it up, I think you can be a jerk, and people won't like you, but that shouldn't stop you from getting into – Canton. And so as we were speaking, I pulled up Terrell Davis's statistics and he had only one 2000 
season one two thousand with the rushing, two thousand yeah two thousand yards two thousand and eight nineteen ninety eight nineteen ninety eight he led the league in rushing two years okay that's nineteen ninety seven he led the league with uh, seventeen hundred fifty yards mm-hmm. but I, looking at this it seems like a, actually a very odd choice because he had four years where I, really he played full seasons uh, after the nineteen ninety eight season he. You know, he rushed for 211 yards in 1999, 282 yards in 2000, and 701 yards in 2001. Just What's his doesn't... career total then? Uh, 7,607. Yeah, that is pretty low. And a and a career average of 4.6 yards. So doesn't I, I I would I guess I would have to doubt that that's Hall of Fame worthy, but. I didn't get a vote. Did you like Jerry Jones's praise of Tony Romo? I didn't hear that. <laughs> what was his praise? He talked about a lot his of golfing game. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the only thing that deserves praise. No, he uh, he talked. He, he gave him a lot of praise for winning uh, and being a good quarterback. Which not that he wasn't, but it was just people thought it was very interesting. One of his quarterbacks to pick out, considering for that, his Hall of Fame speech, right? Considering that he really didn't win very what one playoff win does he have one i don't know i think he has one playoff win but you think he would pick out troy aikman before he pick out tony romo and i think he he even kind of semi-apologized to jimmy johnson tried to to mend the fence in his speech as well that's a that's a missed opportunity in my opinion in terms of running jimmy johnson out of town a guy who had won back-to-back super bowls for you right I don't know about you, but do you have anything else? I have no nothing else to add. You want to sign us off? Let's sign off. Thanks for the night.